Better sleep means a better you. That's why Mattress Firm stands behind the rest-assured promise. Featuring the best mattresses from America's top-rated brands like the Tempur-Breeze Collection. And save up to $500 on premium adjustable mattress sets. Plus, get a $300 instant gift with your purchase, good towards sleep accessories. Shop Tempur-Pedic, Stearns & Foster, and more with our sleep experts today to get your best sleep only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. Visit mattressfirm.com for complete details. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast is enjoying inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to. This is due in great part um, to the guests that join me. They have expertise in a variety of business areas and they share that expertise with all of you so that you can do better things in your business. Today's no different. Today my guest is Shane Spears. Shane is a business scaling strategist based in the UK and is an accomplished leader with sales marketing executives, mid-sized and uh, FTSE 250 success. His business track record is dominated by leading seven, eight, and nine-figure rapid growth companies. His roles have included CEO of a $25 million company providing services to UK central government and CEO of a $240 million business unit responsible for leading a team of over 1,000 people operating in 135 sites in 23 cities. Thanks so much for joining me today, Shane. Oh, thank you. The pleasure is all mine. Um, I, I am excited about this topic. I think, um, you know, so just so everybody knows, we are going to be talking about scaling from entrepreneurial to managed growth. And I think this is a struggle that, that many uh, small business owners have. So um, I am wondering if you can share what the main problems business owners actually have to overcome when they're scaling from entrepreneurial to managed growth? Yeah, I, I describe um, growing a business at this level as a, as a three-dimensional problem. So 
The first dimension I talk about is complexity. So as a business grows, it becomes more and more complex to run. And that complexity is due to more employees, more customers, more products and so forth. And, and that complexity creates barriers to growth. So the, the first is around leadership. So be, becoming the, a leader uh, as an entrepreneur, becoming a leader of rather than getting stuff done yourself, now you have to get it done through a whole lot of people. And that also extends to the, the ability or inability to hire or grow enough leaders throughout the organization who have the ability to delegate and, and solve problems and get stuff done. And also the, the, the second barrier is around system, getting the, uh, uh, if there's a lack of systems and structures to create consistency and routine and get stuff delivered in a consistent way. And then the third barrier is around marketing, a, a kind of lack of function to attract new relationships, customer and talent, and also deal with the increased competitiveness that comes with growth. But so that's the first dimension. And then the second dimension is those, the natural cycles of growth. So, you know, businesses don't grow in straight lines. They follow fairly predictable peaks and troughs, often to do with the number of employees than revenue. So because that's where that complexity comes around a number of employees. And the trick is really to jump from one peak to another without falling into a trough. And then the third dimension is uh, the, the, the counterintuitive market dynamics often at play. And, off, and what this really boils down to for me is the right approach at a certain stage of growth is um, it's very likely to be the wrong approach at another stage of growth. So, for example, between zero to one million, it's natural for leaders to, to and entrepreneurs to focus on external sales and revenue, trying to prove that a market exists for your, your product, your services. But as you kind of get past the million part, million level of revenue, the, the, the leaders, uh, there's leaders been need to be more focused on internal scaling and uh, the creating the conditions for and systems for the longer term. And also, um, whilst you're in that, that first million, you're very focused on sales and revenue, between one and 10 million, you've got to be very focused on cash because growth sucks cash. Mm -hmm. Wow, interesting. Okay, so talk to me some about the, the symptoms of a company not scaling effectively so that the listeners can identify if yeah. you know, that's happening to them right now. Yeah, I... I um, often these are kind of personal um, uh, symptoms that are particularly in the leader, the entrepreneur I meet. And uh, the first one is often what I call a feeling stuck frustration. So feeling stuck that what worked in the past, what's brought success to this to to to, uh, to date is now no longer working. And there's this kind of a feeling stuck. You feel like you're on a treadmill running and running and running and getting nowhere. Um, and that kind of, often can lead to a, a you know a, a lack in confidence because you, you can't figure out what's going wrong the second symptom often see is this what i call working in the weeds overwhelm but so when when you build a business around you, you around yourself and you become overwhelmed as that as that complexity grows as the the amount of stuff going on you become overwhelmed by minutiae and firefighting and doing the heavy lifting on critical issues and actually the 
what's the opposite needs to happen. You've got to find a way to get your business to do more and, and, and you to do less because the more you are there to produce, the, the more your, the business becomes reliant on you, you to, to produce. Um, the third, um, one, third symptom I see is a, a decision paralysis and that's really unable to make a decision to grow. So there's kind of the same, this feeling of being stuck and uh, go backwards and you could lose the business or go forward and risk everything. And um, this often leads to this decision paralysis. And then the fourth one I see is this, um, when execution is breaking down, you so many companies I, I think are run by uh, high ideators, and um, because that entrepreneurs have big ideas, have great ideas, love love getting stuff done, but yeah. often big ideas are translated too quickly into action. So what often is lacking is the development of staff, the structure, the systems, the the back end delivery. So. But for, for most companies, you're, you're only as good as you, you can execute. Without flawless execution, you'll do you know, more replacing than growing. My gosh, when you were talking about those, I could picture people I know who are experiencing yeah. those things. I totally get it. It's so interesting. Yeah, I, I think they're very, you know, they're, they're common symptoms and they're, they're a natural, that's a, it's a, natu it's a natural human, you know, it's human nature to feel those things when you get, get, get to that feeling of, of, of being stuck. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's flip it around. And can you paint a picture of a business scaling effectively and what that looks and feels like? Yeah, well, I, I paint this picture for my clients. I'm trying to paint a picture of uh, what I see as the ingredients of uh, a business scaling effectively. So I, what I say to them is, so pick your, picture yourself uh, a Friday afternoon. It's early on a Friday afternoon. You, you close the, the laptop of your, uh, you, you close the lid of your laptop and you're, you're, and you're looking out the window and you're smiling because you've got a top leadership team who are firing on all cylinders, who have really clear purpose and a clear plan and really clear priorities about what's going to be done in the business. You're also, you're, you're feeling relaxed because you're, the rest of your organization is on the same page. They, they're, they're, they're faced in the same direction and, and consistently driving execution and results. And you're delighted that your, your team are continually improving and refining the business systems and infrastructure. It's become a way of working in the organization of this continuous improvement. And the, the culture of the business is obvious by high levels of accountability and high levels of challenge and su support among your people. And the business is in good financial shape set for year on year growth. Uh, and you're because and you're able to weather any storms headed away because so you feel secure about the future. And also the, the value of the business is exponentially in, increasing because the the day-to-day -day running revolves less and less around you and you're confidently planning various ways to, to reap the rewards of that, of all your hard work. And then, you know, maybe not now, but someday, someday you'll have an exit decision to make to either sell or scale the business further or step back and uh, 
uh, from the day to day and, and, and own it passively. So that, um, that picture I'm painting kind of goes to a number of areas that I, I think you've got to focus on in when, when you're scaling an organization from building a cohesive top team from who are focused on external market activities and also internal scaling activities, but also then they are getting the, the rest of the organization on, out, of pay, out of place where they can cons consistently drive execution and results. That is great. Uh, one of the things that I really like about that is it is, it is really clear and, and it hits on you know, very specific areas of the business that people can look at and say, am I there? Right. Do I have yeah. that? Yeah. Do I have that? No. Do, so it sort of gives them an idea of where they might need to be focusing. Yes. Hmm. Wow. Now, speaking of that, though, are, are there like mistakes that you see entrepreneurs make or that they should avoid making when they go to fix a growth problem? Yeah, I... I, I see um, some common mistakes uh, uh, across uh, clients when I meet them. Um, one is that they, their, their kind of first mistake is they think they've got to spend more time working in the business. They've got to work harder, and which is the exact opposite of what is required. As I you know, talked about uh, one of those symptoms, you, you've got to find a way to do less and get your business to to produce more. And, that, and that's not just for your own sake, but it's for your business's sake. It, it, it makes you less vulnerable and your customers less vulnerable and your employees less vulnerable if you're getting your, your organization working, working more. Um, the second um, uh, mistake I see is it's probably that it applies to a lot of tactics, but the, probably the, the biggest one is investing heavily in sales because you think it's the perfectly sensible thing to do. And, you know, you want to grow your business, makes sense to have more salespeople, right? But it, it's not, and it does for, to, for small to mid-sized business, it often doesn't work out that way. So if you're not investing in other parts of your business at the same time, so for example, your order fulfillment, your staff development, your systems, your back-end delivery, then you, you, you know, that's when things start to break down. You start to get customer dissatisfaction. You're getting shipping delays. You're getting, you know, staff uh, absenteeism. Those sorts of things start to, to come to the fore. And then the, the next mistake is uh, uh, I see a lot of chasing a long list of growth, in, growth initiatives. So often when leaders develop a, a new strategy, they start at looking at places to grow and they develop this long list of initiatives or these are the things we could do to grow. But, but most growing organizations have, have too many priorities to achieve the level of focus they need to achieve. So scaling a business is, it's got to be about taking one significant step at a time and then checking the data and, and adjusting accordingly. That's awesome. Uh, it's, <laughs> It's so interesting, um, and I think it's, it is key. I'm so glad that you said to not invest in sales if you're not going to invest in the rest of it because it, it, it's so bad for everybody. I remember working for a business that um, the, the sales staff was out in the field all over the United States, 
and they were constantly selling, but the, but the systems in-house were not effectively in place. Yeah. So product wasn't getting there on time. And, and they end up spending their time having to respond to these things yep. and smooth over the relationship instead of being able to tell a really good story about something that works. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, that is big. Okay. So what kind of help do you think business owners need to, to, scale from like seven to eight figures and beyond is, is there, you know, is there something typical that they need to be doing or the sort, sort of help they need to be finding? Well, I, 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 my ideas are developing on this and what, what do I, um, what a slight concern that I have at the moment that is, uh, is a, a kind of a view on entrepreneurship that is, is, slightly out of kink but you know that a lot of entrepreneur uh, entrepreneurship is seen as uh, having a great idea disrupting industries fast success instant gratification and I, I I don't think that's right I think that um, a lot of visionary a lot of the largest successful organizations were built on you know the, the timeless fundamentals of having a really clear vision and and all of those sorts of things and i i, I think that sort of help that uh entrepreneurs need to successful entrepreneurs to to bridge this gap from moving from entrepreneurial growth to uh uh managed growth is about going back to some of those timeless fundamentals the stuff from good to great and built to last and all of those sorts of things but you know in a world of constant change i think that's when you need those fundamentals more than ever so i'm think, talking things about um create building an organization that's you know uh, cl a clock builder not a time teller so that it can pr prosper beyond a single leader it can prosper beyond a single product that ultimately long-term successful organizations um, go through multiple product cycles and all of those sorts of things. So they're, you know, you're, you're, you're building an organization based on long-term success. The, the, mm. the company's built around a really core purpose or core idea about what, what you're looking to change in the world. What, what are you making, looking to make better for your customers? What, you know, and that's what um, great cultures and organizations built and what attracts uh, the best people and the best talent and um, other things like home growing your 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 management your leadership growing your your leaders from in, finding people that fit with your culture fit with your values and and then developing those people as a uh, leaders of the future and you stimulate progress through having really clear vision and um, creating a culture of innovation and continuous improvement and um, and I, th those are the things that I, I, I see as entrepreneurs needing the, the tools and the, the, the models to help with. That's fascinating. I get it. I get it. I, I, um, I think sometimes people think they're supposed to disrupt just for the sake of disruption as opposed to having something that is valuable and is going to have an impact and, and make a difference to whoever that target audience is. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm going to take a quick sponsor break and then I have some more questions for you. Thank you. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are Seven Stories Every Salesperson Must Tell by Mike Adams and The Irresistible Consultant's Guide to Winning Clients by David A. Fields. So visit audibletrial.com slash business growth, explore the books that are of interest to you and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today we're speaking with Shane Spears about scaling from entrepreneurial to managed growth. So, um, talk to me about what some of the skills and qualities are that business owners have to develop in order to be able to do this sort of scaling. Yep. I think there are really three uh, core areas where uh, a business owner or business leader has to develop um, and in order to uh, drive managed growth. And the first is around what I call vision, uh, or some call it thought leadership, but the, the, really the ability to create a clear vision, a long-term goal, a big goal that, that's going to attract people and people want to be part of. And once you've cre created a really clear vision of where you want to take the organization, then it's the ability to set strategy, set really clear courses of action and all of the, 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 the shorter term milestones that align and align people onto the same page. So that, that first area is what I call vision. The second area is what I call momentum, which is probably more around action leadership. And that's really the ability to embed structure, to embed accountability, to embed discipline and routines into the organization, not for to stifle the organization because you, you don't want to, to do that and you want to maintain an entrepreneurial spirit, but um, like structure and, and routine and discipline and organization that, that helps keep people aligned to uh, what, what's important around here and uh, uh, what needs to be done and that stops distractions and all of those sorts. And it's really the key to driving consistent execution uh, and results and then the the third area I, I call condition which is really around um leading people and it's the it, and most importantly it's about the ability uh, to create an environment where people can perform at their their very best and and grow because if if your people are growing your your organization is growing so uh, that those are the, the you know there's there's all sorts of skills and things to develop them but all of the, those three key areas are the areas where I see the the entrepreneur developing the skills and, and bridging the skills to to, to manage uh, you know manage stuff through a, a larger organization yeah it really is a different dynamic isn't it 
that with a larger organization, you said something earlier about, you know, what, what they need to get from zero to a hundred million is going to be different than what they need to go from a hundred million up. And, and I, and, and it's that old, what got you here won't get you there. Kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Do you find that it is, um, challenging for entrepreneurs to embrace some of those skills? Uh, I, I think uh, for a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, that that step is not for them. They enjoy startups and build-ups and making stuff happen. And the, the idea that dealing with the complexity and the idea of managing an organization uh, and getting st stuff done through lots of people is not for them. And, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of successful entrepreneurs, you know, sell up and start up new, vents, new ventures there, or they... Uh, they have a business that, that they can still control, probably talk, typically probably around seven to ten people because that's the, the most that, um, you know, we can typically have direct reports and we can manage. But um, so I, I think some are clear that it's not for them and they say, no, that's not for me. I'm, I'm really clear, I'm, you know, I'll sell up or, you know, start new stuff. I think some become stuck and remain stuck for long periods. And I think... Uh, that is a where a lot of this frustration comes. Um, and then there are others who reach out for help and find new ways of developing the strategies and the skills and the capabilities required to, to, to scale and push through and develop those sorts of skills and, and um, uh, working in a different way. Okay. I, I would agree with that. I, I think, I mean, part of the reason why I'm so glad that we're having this conversation is because this is so important. If there's an entrepreneur who really wants to scale, then they, they have to look at this um, objectively and honestly and look at their internal operation and, and what's working and what isn't and um, make sure that they are growing themselves to a place where they are going to be able to effectively manage. Yes, I agree. So speaking of that, um, I, I know you're on record as saying that many leadership teams of small and mid-sized companies are fundamentally weak. And mm. I'm curious what you mean by that. Well, um, so a lot of uh, business leadership teams I talk, I, I don't think the importance of having a solid functional leadership team is never really disputed by business leaders who are, who are, you know, who are committed to scaling their businesses. But I think many of the leadership teams of small and mid-sized companies are fundamentally weak. That doesn't mean that the people are weak. Um, that, uh, you know, some of the people are really, right, have IQs of 120, but the way they work together probably have an IQ of about 80, but, <laughs> but, but it's, and um you know, so it's it's more of about um, the the people coming together and and working in a cohesive way, and so, sometimes the causes for this vary from the founders' fear of hiring, you know, better, smarter people themselves, okay. to uh, or to a, a you know a flawed belief that all you need is all I need is people I can delegate more of the day day to day responsibilities, but still maintain control of the, the companies or or a lack of understanding of the, 
actually the time and energy it takes to, and the level of rigor required to build a leadership team capable of you know scaling a business for rapid growth biz but the, the reality is that an organization will only perform to the level of its top team and uh, so you know that top team sets the standard for the level of performance the level of behavior and all of those sorts of things and um, therefore it's really important to have a a a top leadership team that is function that functions really well um, so it has to be cohesive and it has to be um, behaviorally unified and um, so that it has to be focused on uh, you know the 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 overall common goals of the organization rather than individual objectives of the people um, sitting at the table yeah I, I think that's so key and thank you for um, identifying that it's not necessarily the people but it's how they work as a team yes yeah and and I think what happens is so so I'm curious what you think about this I think what happens is CEOs or you know founders hire people because of their skill set for for various positions in the company and then they expect that they're just going to come together as a leadership team yes yeah okay and that's not necessarily true right no no hmm. uh, you know i i think the 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 days uh, the, the requirements of business stakeholders today customers employees of investors and and even the communities in which you work in the the the, the 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 because of the the requirements of all those stakeholders the days of the the company being run by a charismatic founder ceo are long gone it now requires a a a lead, an integrating leadership team not in a single integrator at the top and so the the first job of the leader you know the, the the top leader of the business is to really build that um cohesive leadership team as an integrate you know as the integrator of the company yeah right as an actual thing like they have to spend energy and attention and intention yes yeah okay so let's talk about growth culture um because i i know it's important but i, I think the listeners should should learn more about why it's so important and but more <laughs> significantly um how leaders can cultivate a growth culture in their own business is, yeah. is you know getting their ego out of the way is it letting go of certain things what what's your take yeah so uh, uh, for me culture is the way things are done around here and it's really established by the leaders of a business but then becomes lived by all so um a growth culture is an environment where people can perform and grow and therefore your organization performs and grow but i, I this is a um silly but true story a, a boss i worked for one day was announcing a business restructure program and it was obviously going to affect people's roles and it was done in an open plan office and surrounded by uh, individual offices for managers around the sides and um, that was fine an announcement so but at the end of the announcement um, people were obviously you know okay so what does this mean for me and my job and he said okay so if anyone wants to talk to me my door is always open and then he literally turned around and walked back into his office and shut his door behind him <laughs> and that you know that's a it's a it's a 
I, I tell that story because it just illustrates the point. That moment said more about, you know, the, the culture in that organization than any plaque on the wall, that your actions have to match your words. And, and that's what culture comes down to, the level of trust in an organization, what leaders say they will do and what they actually do. And if you have mistrust and um, uh, people don't trust what, what leaders are going, then emotions become clouded. And then if you have emotion people can't do their best thinking they can't um you know seize opportunities that come along they can't really create you know pr- apply their best brain power to the the tasks that, that are going on so for me um how you cultivate uh, a a growth culture in a business the, the first one comes down to that the first point that comes down to that what we talked about earlier that you have to build a co- cohesive leadership team a, a leadership team at the top and it it's, it's kind of like family if the parents relationship is dysfunctional the family will be too and that's not to say good things can't can't come out of it it's just that the family will not come anywhere close to you know realizing its potential so mm-hmm. and it's the same in an organization if the top team is not behaviorally unified there are no there's no chance that it will perform to its potential so um and that's that point that the organization will only perform to the level of the top team so that's the first point the, the second one uh, comes back to that point i talked about earlier about vision you have to create organizational clarity you have to provide employees at all levels of the business with the clarity that they need to be, to make the decision and resolve problems without having to refer to or you know to refer to supervisor and get advice from managers all the time and for me that starts with getting really clear about your vision your long-term goal of your organization, but also your, your purpose, what you're, what you're trying to achieve as an organization and your core values, what your guiding principles are. And then the third part of that is then embedding those values into your people processes. So if you, uh, to, to cultivate the culture that you want in an organization, you, you need to obviously embed those core values into your, your critical people processes. So, um, your hiring, your performance management, the way you do reward and recognition, even the way you fire people. So, you know, so your core values are your guide to your 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 culture. And then when you are hiring people, you you want to hire people for attitude and and train for skill. You want people that first of all fit with your culture. Um, and sometimes that means you having to turn away talent that you know that could make a, a short-term impact to your business, to your bottom line or top line. But you know in the long term, uh, they're not a culture fit. So for the long, you protect the long term uh, of your business, you, you, you have to turn those people down. Um, the, the fourth area in, in driving that growth culture is about developing your people. And that's about um, growing your people through coaching, being able to develop your, your managers and leaders in your business and, and uh, integrate coaches and um, and they them using conversations to review individual KPIs and the critical numbers and as well as be able to recognize good performance and analyze underperformance and and you know talk with their teams and their people to discuss activities to get back on track and then the the final one uh, which I think is really key to driving growth cultures around encouraging and driving innovation um and to drive creativity and innovation you have to create an environment where there's a a real premium on learning from failure that 
if you're the a leader, you don't look at who made mistakes. You, um, you rather you examine what happened and why did it go wrong and what can we learn from it and how how can we take the next step. So that's more of a a, a culture of innovation and continuous improvement rather than finger pointing and witch hunts and all of that sort of thing. That's phenomenal. I love that because it really does allow people the opportunity to try to do things without feeling like if they screw something up, they could lose their job. Yeah. Well, failure's got to be seen as uh, just important as success. You know, we, we, we know that we get our greatest learning from failures. And um, so within reason, um, you know, that, that, that's got to be part of any organization that's going to continually innovate and create and um, get better at doing its stuff. Yeah. Right. Right. Wow. Okay. Um, if you had to, <laughs> cause you do, mm-hmm. um, what would be your top three tips for uh, an entrepreneur who's at seven figures and is at a ceiling in their growth? Yeah. Uh, okay. So I think that's a great question. The, um, the first thing I would say is stop trying to resolve the problem with tactical fixes, thinking that there must be a sales problem, a marketing problem, a people problem. You, you, you're not going to solve the problem. It's, uh, and it's that kind of Mark Twain quote, it, it ain't what you don't know that gets you into trouble. It's what you, you know for sure that ain't so. So, I, I, you know, you, I think you, you have to uh, become more strategically focused um, and that's getting clear about your longer term goals, your purpose and all of those sorts of things. And um, so, okay, well, where do we really want to take this business in the long term and what's, what, what strategically do we need to do that? So that's the first thing. The second thing I would is take a look in the mirror. Um, the bottleneck is always at the top of a bottle. So recognize the part you're playing as the leader in the stuckness or the plateau of your, ba- your, of your business. Recognize your, your own weaknesses so that you can find the right support to backfill it. Get the right help. Find the right strategic mentor, coach, or advisor who's been there and done it and has the experience and tools to help you. And then the third thing uh, is what I've already mentioned. Start with building the right team. Have uh, team members who are smarter than you. And, and that's essential for a fast-growing company. You want, you want um, you know, really smart people around you. And it'll be your, uh, it'll be your team, uh, not just your, your product or your business strategy that's going to steer your company to success. So getting the right people on the right seats is essential. This is so great. I have to tell you that my favorite thing that you said is the bottleneck is always at the top of the bottle. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Yeah. It's so true. And we yeah. don't think about it. And, and I think people tend to start at the bottom to try and problem solve instead yeah. of at the top. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, so, oh my gosh, Shane, I I have really, really enjoyed this and appreciate the information. I think this is so valuable for those people, those entrepreneurs who really want to scale 
and are feeling all that struggle. So will you tell them, you know, how they can find you and, and what you've got going on, please? Yep. So there's uh, two, two um, URLs I'll give you. One is uh, www.summitscalechallenge.com. So summitscalechallenge.com. And that's a five-day business challenge where you can go and just take, it's a, uh, an hour a day for five days, and it'll include 10 minutes of training each day. Uh, of a lot of these things that I've talked about, and, and there's an action item, it'll give you a really great way to experience, and, or experience what it takes to scale uh, your organization. And, uh, so, and if you want to um, check out more stuff, check out my uh, website, www.summitleader.com, and there's loads of free resources on there from you know models and guides and webinars to 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 devour to your heart as content that's terrific thank you and i always like to thank the listeners because uh they are the reason we're here as well as our sponsor remember if you would like to get a free trial of audible.com and a free audiobook go to audibletrial.com slash business growth and sign up for the trial as always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Hey guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the Hydration Watermelon Smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks. Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. So you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transformed where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.